1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 to 11. Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. Father God, as we spend time in your word this morning, we pray that you would renew our hope and our joy in the good news of Jesus. Lord, help us not to skip over this wonderful news because we've heard it so many times, but help us to be inspired by the hope we have in Christ Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. If you've ever misplaced your keys when you really need them, then you'll know just how stressful that can be. When you desperately need to get inside or into your car, particularly if you're out of town or away. Most of the time when we don't know where, when we know where our keys are, we tend to take them for granted. It's not until something pops up and we forget to pay attention to where we put them down that we lose them. It isn't until you misplace them that you realise how often we take our keys for granted. A few years ago I was about to pour a big concrete slab and I knew the next morning I was about to have concrete trucks everywhere. And as I was preparing for this, I was moving vehicles and other things out of the way so that the trucks could come in. But somehow as I hopped in and out of vehicles and worked around doing things, pulling my keys in and out of my pocket, I managed to drop them in the middle of nowhere out in the grass. By the time I realised it was dark and I'd been going back and forth so much that I had no idea where to even start looking for them. Now I have to be honest, it was a pretty stressful situation because my ute was parked right where the trucks would be coming the very next morning. It had to be moved, otherwise the job couldn't be done. And so, I did what everybody does when they lose their keys. I began rushing around like a chook with its head cut off, looking everywhere I could possibly think of to try and find these keys. And eventually, with the help of a torch, I found them out in the long grass, in the last place that I ever would have looked for them. Now, if you've ever lost your keys when you really need them, you'll know that it's wonderful and incredibly relieving when you finally find them. I couldn't move my ute out of the way without those keys. There was no way for me to stop and relax until I actually had possession of them. 
Finding those keys that day, for me, was really, really good news. Because it meant that I could go and sit down and relax, because the problem that I was facing had been solved. A solution is only ever as important to us as the problem that it solves. Some lost keys and a a ute that's parked in the way is hardly the biggest problem that we'll face in this life. But because it felt like a big problem to me at the time, finding those keys was really good news. However, this morning, we're here to celebrate much greater news than that, much greater news than finding lost keys or solving some small problem. And it's much greater news because it solves a much greater problem. We're here to celebrate the good news that because of Jesus, we, don't, we won't be condemned by our sins. The good news that God's judgment has been put on Jesus instead of us because of his death in our place. It's the reason we're gathered here this morning as combined churches. If we're honest with each other, we'd have to admit that we all have our own denominational ways of worshipping the Lord, don't we? We have our own preferences for how we worship and sing and do lots of different things. And we all hold to our own different theological positions. But as long as the good news of Jesus is our highest priority, we're united by what is most important, what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's why we're so eager to see scripture being taught in our school. And that's why we're so eager to share this time together each year. It's because we want others to hear and believe the good news of Jesus. We don't want people to have to face the judgment of God on the final day. We don't want them to have to live their lives without hope. And we don't want people to miss out on the joy of knowing that they've been forgiven by God because of what Christ did for us on the cross. And so as we look at these verses in 1 Corinthians, we're going to be thinking about how the good news that our sins have been forgiven through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ defines, assures and inspires those who trust in him. So the first reason that the gospel is of first importance is because it's the gospel that defines the life of those who trust in him. When I think of the things in my life that define who I am, I think of those things that have the greatest influence on how I act and how I, the decisions I make, the priorities I have and how I use my resources, my money and time and things like that. Things like the fact that I'm a husband, a father, a brother and a son. But all of those things the thing can, don't compare to the thing that I would want to be the greatest influence in my life. And that is the fact that I'm someone who has been forgiven by the mercy of Jesus. And that's why the gospel is of first importance, because it's the thing that defines the life of a believer. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells us that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, 
the new has come. They have been become defined by this hope that they have in Jesus. The good news of Jesus isn't something that we tack on to our lives like a, a new hobby. It isn't something that we just add on. If we believe this good news, we will be made new by it. And it'll have a tangible and visible effect in our lives. And not just because we go to church. The good news of Jesus changes us and keeps on changing us. If we've taken our stand for the gospel, as Paul says in verse 1, if we are holding firm to the message of salvation through Jesus' life, death and resurrection, then our lives will be shaped by the hope we have in this wonderful news. Just look at the effect that the good news of Jesus had in the Apostle Paul's life. Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3 that he used to be the poster boy, basically, for what it meant to be a Pharisee, one of the really important religious leaders of the time. He says in Philippians 3 that he was circumcised on the eighth day from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and regards the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. As a Pharisee, as an important religious leader of his day, Paul was someone who all of the young and -and up-and-coming Pharisees would have really wanted to be like. He had been brought up the right way and he had done all of the right things. And he was extremely passionate about serving the Lord. Yet after meeting Jesus on the road and after hearing and believing the good news of Jesus, he says he considers even his greatest achievements as a Pharisee to be rubbish, to be be waste compared to knowing and trusting in Jesus. From then on, Paul's life was defined by sharing the good news of Jesus even though he faced all sorts of incredibly hard times. He was stoned for his faith, beaten for his faith, imprisoned, and then later died for his faith in Jesus. The things that Paul had spent his life up until the point he heard the good news of Jesus, those things he considered worthless once he had heard the good news. Because it was this wonderful news that was defining everything that Paul did. The second reason the good news of Jesus is of first importance is because it's this good news that assures us that we have been saved. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, my favourite verses in the whole Bible if you're allowed to have favourite verses. You can come and tell me I'm wrong afterwards, that's okay. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. The certain hope of the good news of Jesus is great news. It's wonderful news because it doesn't depend on us. Romans 10 verse 9 tells us that if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. 
good news because we aren't any more saved or any less saved if we are following the, doing all of the right things or if we've messed up because it doesn't depend on us. It is through faith in the mercy of God shown to us by what Jesus did on the cross. That's how we're saved. If we have faith in what Jesus has done on our behalf, then we can have confidence in our salvation because it doesn't depend on us but on what Christ has already done. That's the wonderful news of the gospel. It assures us that we have been saved. The third reason the good news of Jesus is of first importance is because it's the good news of Jesus that inspires us to share the hope we have with others. If you're somebody who enjoys gardening, those who know me know that I have a really brown thumb, but if you're somebody who is wonderful at gardening and you come across something that enables you to stop having any more weeds in your lawn, well, what do you do? You go and find whoever will listen to that and you tell them all about how you found this solution to your problem. And to be honest, we'd all be listening with our ears wide open. If you're somebody who works, likes working with their hands and you find this incredible tool that enables you to do something quicker or better, then you do the same thing, don't you? You go and find whoever will listen and you tell them all about this wonderful, new, this wonderful news. And so if we are that eager to tell people when we find solutions to such small problems, how much more should we be eager to share the most wonderful news, the news that solves the greatest problem that any of us face? Paul says in verse 10 that God's grace had a massive impact on him. He says a big impact on his life. He says that he worked harder than all of them, referring to all of the rest of the apostles. Those 12 who spent their life with their Jesus' ministry walking around and talking and seeing all the miracles that Jesus had done. Paul says he worked harder than all of those guys because Paul now knew the solution to his greatest problem. How could we... How could he possibly keep such a wonderful news to himself? And if we too know how great this news is, then through God's Spirit, we should be sharing this wonderful news with others. Because it's just too good a news to keep to ourselves. So this morning, as we reflect on the importance of the good news of Jesus in our own lives, We're being prompted to think about whether it is this good news that defines how we make our decisions, how we prioritise our time and our resources. Is it this good news that is shaping us? Has this good news given us assurance of our salvation? Or do we still doubt whether we are good enough or whether God will accept us? And does this good news inspire us to share this incredible solution to our greatest problem with others? 
The message of the gospel is news like no other because it provides a hope that cannot be found anywhere else. So as we share in a meal this morning and as we go out this week, may the good news of Jesus define more and more of our lives. May our decisions and our priorities be based on the hope we have in Jesus. May we find our assurance in the good news that our salvation is not up to us, but is based on what Christ has done for us. And may the good news of Jesus inspire us to share this wonderful news with others so that our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues and our family members might also know the solution to their greatest problem. Let's pray. Father God, we pray that you would inspire each of us to reflect on the good news of Jesus and how it is affecting our lives. Lord, we pray that you would use each of our congregations, Lord, to share this hope in our community. We pray that you would use scripture in schools to sow seeds that last into eternity in the lives of the young people in our community. And we pray that when people in this community see each of us, they might see the light of Christ working through us as we seek to be more and more like Jesus, our Saviour. And we pray this in his name. Amen.